What up, world? Your past first point guard and Trail Blazers reporter, Mike Richmond. You are listening to another episode of Locked On Blazers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts. It's a bonus episode. We already had five this week, but I waited and waited and waited and tried to record after midnight Eastern time so the Blazers could get all of their news out there, knowing full well that some news would happen over the weekend. And then right as I hit publish on this episode, the Blazers officially came to terms with Gary Payton, the second who they were rumored to be after. So this morning, they also signed Yusuf Nurkic. They agreed to terms with uh, Drew Eubanks. So today, this is a bonus episode. We're going to we're gonna sort of do State of the Blazers Union because heading into the long weekend, I want you to have a podcast that has you all caught up on what's happening with your favorite basketball team, or if you, this is your favorite basketball team, with a basketball team located in Portland, Oregon. So let's start with the big news. We'll, we're not going to go chronologically because you already know they signed Gary Payton. But the big news is Yusuf Nurkic is back. Back, 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 and officially back. Four years, $70 million is a reported deal. First reported by Adrian Wojnarowski of ESPN. Cool. Uh, I think this was more money than we thought the that Nurk would get. But I offer the same caveat that I offered with Anthony Simons. Typically, the at this stage in the game... The money that's reported is the maximum possible money that Nurk could earn with all of the incentives and hitting everything because agents want that out there. They want, I got Yusuf Nurkic $70 million. That's what Clutch wants out there, right? And certainly Nurk could, you know, if that's the full value of the contract, he could play himself to it. But I'm willing to wager that there is some incentive stuff in the contract, some games played stuff, some performance stuff that, you know what they call unlikely bonuses and likely bonuses, depending on, um, uh, on Nurk's performance last year and what those, what those bonuses are, uh, that are baked in. I, I bet Nurk's not getting a full $70 million. If he is getting a full $70 million, good for him. Get that money, little duffel bag boy. It's more than, uh, certainly I thought he would get, um, but not too much more like my project my sort of like, I thought he was going to get in that 16, 17 range. This is, you know, slightly more than that. This is this is like not quite eighteen. Is is basically what, uh, what what it breaks down to is seventeen and a half million dollars annually. That's if you if, if it's the full value of of the um uh of the contract. But again, I don't think it is. I will say this, as I had kind of alluded to on the show, looks like Nurk is going to be the highest paid non DeAndre Ayton center on the market. Just this morning, uh, this is, I'm recording this on Friday, July 1st at about noon Pacific time. If stuff happens after this, it'll be a Monday show. I want to give you one more. I don't think we can do a double emergency over the weekend, but a single emergency episode, faux show killer. Midge Robinson signed, re-signed with the New York Knicks for four years, $60 million. I felt like that was a pretty good gauge for what Nurk was going to get. Guys like in Nurk's tier, like I think Nurk's a little better than Mitch Rob. I think Nurk is a little better than Zubac productive wise, but I think he's like in that range. Like I think those dudes are relatively comparable. Although Nurk is like has been better. It's just like a durability thing. Availability is really important. Um Mitrob obviously has had a lot of injuries, so add him to the list. But I thought between like eleven and fifteen seemed to be the going rate for centers and Nurk seemed reportedly at least is getting more than that sort of in that range. He's outside of that range. He's a, like I said, the second highest paid um center on the market that's not gonna be named DeAndre Ayton. DeAndre Ayton's gonna get a whole bunch of money from someone, somewhere, somehow. Um 
So like the initial, my initial reaction is like, yeah, this is a little more money than I thought that Nurk was going to get. I don't think it's just like sort of like the same way with Ant. Like it's more money than, than we had anticipated. One, we don't know how much money it really is yet. We will in a couple days, in a week. Uh, Wednesday morning, we'll have more clarity on what it, lo- what it actually looks like. And I'll do my best to get those details out to you. So those of you who are obsessed with the details will have the specifics of it. But right now, 70 million bucks. Um, 70 million bucks is, is what it is. And so, yeah, like, I think it's, I think it's would be considered a slight overpay for Yusuf Nurkic, but also like, I don't, I think the problem with, with Ant was that there's like real upside with him. So like comparing Ant and Nurk's deals is not the same. It's not the problem with Ant. That's what I mean. The problem, the problem comparing those two deals is like Ant's 22. He has real upside. You could say, wow, it's more than I thought he would get. But like the idea that Ant will play himself into being a $25 million player is easier to talk yourself into. Nurk is probably, you know, I think last season he was back to like as good as he has been. And if he plays at that level and is healthy, yeah, he's going to play himself right in this contract. But he's just, he's had a lot of injury histories. He's just a really big dude and really big dudes don't always stay healthy. Like the the really special giant players get on stay on the court a bunch, but it's just it's just a, a big body, big you know like uh, that's kind of the scary sad part of the NBA is that um, the giant athletes don't hold up so well, and that longevity is 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 an important thing. I think in general centers are less important. I also think the Blazers agree with me that centers are less important if you look at the rest of their roster. Uh, so. Yeah, I think it's a slight overpay for Nurk. I think they're kind of bidding against themselves. And I think it's harder to talk yourself into Nurk being, you know, if you assume it has like standard raises, like from 17 to 17 and a half to 18 and a half to 19 million. It's hard to talk yourself into Nurk being like a $20 million a year guy. It's not crazy. It's not crazy. Like, I don't think this is like a crazy contract. I think it's a little more money than you thought Nurk was going to get. Um it is what it is. Like, I don't, um, but if this is like, if, if you think the sky is falling because the Blazers gave Nurk like an extra six or $7 million over the lifetime of his contract, uh, we, we probably don't agree, but I will agree that it's an over, it's probably a slight overpay. Um, and he got the, the, my concern that he was going to get the second most money of any center on the market confirmed. Uh, and I think Nurk just in general, because of his age has slight, slightly less upside. I think these next two years are probably the peak of his physical abilities. Um, but times are a changing. guys play deeper and longer into their career. So Nurk has a chance to, to prove me wrong again. Very, very curious to see what the deal is with, uh, what the deal is with the with the guarantees in this contract. I think that'll be, um, that'll help us get a better gauge of it because right now it does seem like a little more money than you'd want to give a traditional center who's had some durability issues. Also, just as a caveat, anyone using this past season as proof of Nurk's lack of durability is doing it wrong and do not trust those jokers. Nurk was healthy and they held him out for 25 games. Garbage. He wasn't hurt. He wasn't hurt. He didn't miss 25 games at the end of the year, 23 games at the end of the year. That is not what happened. It's not what happened. He was held out of those games. He would have, that's why it was, it was a bummer that that's the direction they chose to go because durability has been such a big thing for Nurk. Um, and so he, you know, he had an opportunity to play 70 games last year. Like he was going to play a bunch um, and he was going to prove he was healthy and really good. And I, I'm bummed that that's the way it went. So any jokers, any people trying to tell you, well, he hasn't played the blah, blah, blah games. Let's look at last season. Last season doesn't count. He's had some longevity issues, had a catastrophic injury. He's had all those things. That is true. Last season, no. I do not allow it. I will not allow it. I'm shake. I shake my fist at that um, particular comparison because I don't. I I do not find it. Um, it's not credible. It's not credible. It doesn't fit with the reality of the situation. 
All right, so we got more to talk about. The Blazers got a couple other deals on the books. That's what we'll do in the second segment. But uh, I want to remind you about arcade1up.com. They're giving away an NBA Jam Shack Edition machine. Uh, they're the leaders in retro gaming. You can buy retro game consoles for your home. Golden Team, Mortal Kombat, NBA Jam, and a whole bunch of other stuff. Start at $399 and go up from there. I mean, what a fun thing to have in your house if you're if you're you know of roughly my age. NBA Jam is a classic part of your childhood and early developmental years. Uh, you could get one, and you could even get one for free if you go to arcade the number one up dot com. That's arcade numerical one up dot com slash locked on arcade one up dot com slash arcade one up dot com slash locked on. Let me get it for you clean uh, and. Uh, and, and enter your email address. You'll be entered to win. You got to enter by July 8th. So next Friday, um, you got to get in there and you can have a chance to win your very own NBA Jam machine. Check it out. All right. So let's cruise along with more of this emergency episode. The Blazers did some things. I I finished recording last night's episode at about 10.05, 10.10 p.m. Uh, my time, Pacific time, 10.35 editing some i'm editing the or I'm, i was done editing but i was doing some other podcast stuff uh getting still working around my computer and the news comes out from shams tarania that the blazers are no longer just interested in gary payton the second but they've signed him to a three-year deal worth 28 million dollars three years 28 million for gp2 who was playing on a minimum contract and was playing in the finals for the best team in the nba garden jason tatum in the dang finals garden jalen brown in the finals like a, a swing player a player who like legitimately helped swing the series back with his uh, defensive ability and some uh and his off ball cutting stuff he gets a big old raise in guaranteed money reported from chris haynes that the final year of that contract includes a player option and some reporting from uh, I believe it was Marcus Thompson, or excuse me, it was Mark Spears. I saw Marcus Thompson share it on Twitter, but Mark Spears of uh, of Anscape, um, a vertical uh, part of the ESPN family, Mark Mark Spears, veteran NBA reporter, said that the Warriors offered him about six and a half million. They offered them the taxpayer mid level exception. The Blazers up that price to a portion of the mid level exception. Um, the the Warriors have this wild tax bill uh, where <laughs> where like an eight million dollar contract costs sixty some million dollars. It's um, and and it seems like Joe Lacob was down to pay whatever, but I think the Blazers found that threshold. <laughs> they found they found it was about because it's like every dollar is whatever seventeen million more. So. Uh, it's it's a lot it's it's like it's a lot it's i think it's like it's seven x on the dollar so not 17 seven x on the dollar and at this point in their in their uh their tax bill it's a lot of money they found they found the threshold and and they add gary payton Uh, i talked about this a lot on yesterday's show so if you're hearing this i'm gonna go i'm gonna be short because i explained it a little bit gary payton isn't a big person he's like six three six two six three but he plays big. He's he's much more power forward than point guard. Um, I would even go as far to say that he plays like a center on offense. Like he's a cutter and a screener. And on defense, he's a really good backline helper. Um, he is one of the great steals and blocks guys that has at his size the league has really maybe ever seen. He's the number one steal rate for for uh, according to clean and glass for combo guards. Um, he's like the third in in block or first in. in in block rate, like third and steal rate, like in, in that 99.9th percentile, one of the truly great shot blockers and, and steal magicians for someone in his size and his skill set. He's a great rebounder at six foot three on both ends, really good offensive rebounder, really good defensive rebounder. He just plays bigger than six three. He's unique. Like he's unique. Um, 
Defining him as a position is probably unfair. He is not a point guard. Um, I know he's point guard size and he's like maybe has been listed at that in his life. Absolutely not a point guard. I don't even think he's a two. Like he can guard twos. He can guard ones and twos just fine. So call him what he guards, I think, to some extent. But he's not that. He's like a a small wing that can function as a as a screen and roller on offense. Like he is he is really outside of positions. He does, you say like, oh, another 6'3 guard. Sure, another 6'3 person for sure. But long arms and plays bigger. I like him. I think he's a baller and easy to root for. Um, a dude who was like out of the league and applying for freaking video coordinator positions. And the Warriors said, no, you're not going to be no video coordinator. You're going to play. And then you're going to play in the finals and be part of the rotation for a really fantastic team, like the the best team in the NBA. Um, And he got rewarded for it. Uh, What it suggests more about the Blazers is that they are comfortable going small. Let me do this in conjunction with the next contract they signed. Um, they signed, they signed Drew Eubanks to a deal. Uh, Drew Eubanks is the only other center on the roster. A one-year deal. No reporting yet that I have seen on the de- on the financials, but you better believe it's a minimum contract. That was not, there's not extra money out there for Drew Eubanks. That means it's just Nurk and just Drew Eubanks on, on under contract. Uh, Drew Eubanks is not a backup center. Nurk, and Nurk even at his like best physical peak is only going to play 30 minutes a night and more like 28. So you're talking 20 minutes where you have to play someone else other than Nurk. I don't really like that as Drew Eubanks's minutes. I don't I don't value Drew Eubanks like that. I think he's again great story rooting for him to like stick around in the league for a long time. But if you're trying to build a competitive roster, like he just got keep it real, he's not who I want as a backup center. I don't think he's that good. Um I know he put up some impressive numbers on a truly, truly terrible Blazers roster at the end of the year, and he's clearly an NBA player. He's very clearly an NBA player. He's just like a third center. Like, that's what he should be. He should be an emergency center. And I think he is still with the Blazers. And that's part of the GP2 thing. It's like, they're going to play small a bunch. They're going to play Trended at the five. They're going to play Grant Williams. Grant Williams. <laughs> they're going to play Jeremy Grant at the five. They're going to play Trendon Watford at the five. They're going to play, you know, Nas and, and uh, Justice Winslow a bunch of minutes at the four. They're going to play three-guard lineups a little bit. Um, and they're going to play GP in at small forward and power forward in those small lineups because they want to play switchy. They want to play versatile. Everything about the way they've built this roster with with – uh, you know, trading for Winslow and 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 uh, for now keeping Josh Hart and 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 adding Jeremy Grant. Like they want to play more versatile, more wings, more switchy, more versatile on defense all the way around. And GP fits that mold. Like they are, they don't want to play a bunch of minutes with traditional center. For my money, they should still add one more center to the roster because they just need more size. They just need more size. But I think this this is like a vote of confidence in Justice Winslow's vote of confidence in Trenton Watford, uh, in Jeremy Grant's ability to, to to slide up a spot. Like it's they're there. GP is GP is a is a nod to the style and way they want to play. Um, it's I don't think it's like the thing is when. When the other centers went off the board, the other available mid-level centers went off the board, Mobamba, Isaiah Hartenstein, Zubach, those type of things. When those guys weren't available, um, and Zubach was a team option, so he was, he never really, he was never, literally never on the market. But when those guys were gone, and, you know, JaVale McGee signs for more than the minimum in Dallas and stuff like that, then... Like there is, there wasn't a, because of the way the free agent market is this summer, um, there wasn't other centers to pay the big money to. So I think when they, when, and Portland probably never put their, their money in that bucket, but as soon as they moved away from the, from those, it was like, you're talking the minimum market, 
Robin Lopez, Dwight Howard, Gorgie Jang, that type of thing. Um, Hassan Whiteside, if you're into it. Uh, like, so giving their money to a wing and a versatile defensive wing, even if he's six foot three, makes more sense because it's what they'd rather do. If, if Gary Payton had played more minutes and for, for the Warriors, he would have been an all defensive team type of guy. Like, he's that good of a defender. He is not tall. I'll give you that. He plays bigger than he is, like, for sure. Um, he's like a six foot three power forward. Like that, that, I think that's the best way to describe it. And he gives the Blazers their their sort of preference of playing the size and style they want to play. They are going to play smaller a bunch. I think they watched the playoffs and said, hey, traditional centers, they're they're fine and good. And if you have a good one like Nurk, go to them. But you can steal a bunch of minutes. You can play a bunch of minutes with no traditional center. You look at the Clippers, all wings. They don't have really... Their backup center is Robert Covington. Like... Uh, it's the league is heading in this way. If you have a really good center, if you have a Jokic or an Embiid, you go and use that strength. But beyond that, like the the step half step down and the steps be, steps even lower, teams are much more comfortable playing switchier and just like trying to keep folks in front with with defenses that can switch. Um, it's is it going to work? I don't know. <laughs> don't know but you can the gp thing just like confirms you know i said this last night in the show it it gives you a sense of the style they would like to play um and and now you're getting um the style they'd like to play and now it's like they've they've committed to it that's why i want to talk about to close the show they've committed to this the roster's basically full i think there's still a trade that could potentially be on the horizon but as we sit here today on friday july 1st this is looking pretty full. Let's let's talk a little bit about what the roster looks like. Close the show. First, let me tell you about Bet Online. The good folks at Bet Online got action on everything. Basketball, all you can bet on all of the NBA offseason. You can bet on the WNBA. You can bet on soccer. That's Major League Soccer here in the US, the or in here in North America, the National Women's Soccer League. Uh, you can bet on golf, you can bet on tennis, you can bet on uh, combat sports, whatever you're into, you're gonna find it. So go to Bet Online uh, and take advantage of this today. Day. That's Bet Online where the game starts. Still a pass first point guard. Still Mike Richmond. You are still listening to Locked On Blazers. Portland's not done, probably, but the roster as we sit here today is full. Full is a relative term. You get 15 players on by the end of training camp, you got to get down to 15. But you can go into you could go into training camp with as many as 20 folks on the roster. But right now, as we stand here today, I'm sitting, actually, you might be standing. I don't know what you're doing. I'm As I sit here today, Blazers got 15 dudes on the roster. And that includes newly signed rookie Shaden Sharp, who signed his rookie contract uh, on Friday, July 1st. He's eligible. He became eligible as soon as free agency opened. Uh, first rounders can sign. Second rounders can sign a qual like a one-year tender, but they can't sign multi-year deals because to sign a second-year guy to a multi-year deal, you got to use part of the mid-level exception. I think Jabari Walker, the Blazers' second-round pick, is almost certainly going to be a two-way guy. Um, that is where all of the signs point to him signing the Blazers' second two-way contract. So that'll put Brandon Williams and Jabari Walker as the Blazers' two two-way guys. Don't count against the roster uh, or against the salary cap, uh, but the way it works now is they can just they just get paid a little bit less money and they can stay with stay with the NBA team for all all season long. And you can just decide when you want to put them on the active roster, et cetera, et cetera. So the roster stands like this today: Damian Lord. Anthony Simons, Josh Hart, Jeremy Grant, not official, but I'm, I'm, the trades agreed to. So we're going to add them to the list. Yusuf Nurkic, Nazir Little, Gary Payton II, Justice Winslow, Shaden Sharp, Trendon Watford. That's like your first 10. Then back half of the roster, 
Drew Eubanks, Greg Brown III, Didi Luzada, Keon Johnson, and you still have uh, Eric Bledsoe's money on the books, uh, non-guaranteed for another it's uh, July 10th, I believe is guaranteed date. So they got a little time to make a decision, either trade him or whatever. Uh, you look at this group and they just, they don't have a, I would say two things stand out. They're small. They do not have a lot of size, but th- that's intentional. They want to play smaller and switchier and they believe in Winslow to play bigger than his 6'6 frame, Nas to play bigger than his 6'5 frame, Trent Wofford to be able to play some center, uh, you know, Josh Hart to be able to play some small forward, it looks like, and Gary Payton to just be whatever he is, be a four, be a, he's positionless. I'm, I got to stop going with that. Gary Payton to do the singular weird Gary Payton stuff that he does. Like GP is, he is a bizarre, strange, good player and really fun. Like I think you Blazer fans will have no problem rooting for him very, very quickly. Um, but they're just not very big. Like they have two dudes over 6'10 on the roster, and one of them's Drew Eubanks, the other one's Yusuf Nurkic. Um, They also just, like, they seem to be a little light on dudes who can dribble. (laughs) Uh, Not, like, capable of dribbling across half court, but, like, handle the ball in against pressure defense. You know, obviously Dame's going to handle the ball a lot, Ant's going to handle the ball a lot, Ant could tighten up his left hand a little bit. Josh Hart can handle the ball for sure. He's not like a true point guard and Justice Winslow can handle the ball a little bit, but he, I don't think he's going to play enough minutes where that's going to come into play. So then you're like, shade and sharp, a teenager. Uh, that, that seems like they could use, I don't, I don't even know if they could use another ball handle because I don't know where he fits in. He'd have to be a tall person who can handle like, uh, prime Lamar Odom would be really useful on this uh, Blazers roster. Prime Lamar Odom would be incredible in the modern NBA. Uh, but like they're a little, they're small. They're they're They don't have much size and they don't have a lot of ball handling, but I like their defensive potential. Um, I don't know how good that'll end up being on defense. Cause if they play Ant and Dane, like a ton of minutes and they're going to play a ton of minutes. They're going to be limited just at those two spots and the minutes those guys share the floor, but I like their defensive potential. And I look at this group and I say, yeah, this could be, this could be it. You know, you could wave, wave Bledsoe and, and then go in to be, you know, under the, under the, the, uh, you know, flirting with the tax line and have an opportunity to maybe duck under it if you want to later in the season, if they only carry 14 guys in, but I also think there's like a potential that a, a larger trade could be coming. I don't think the GP thing signals that Josh Hart is on the block, but I think the GP thing signals that jo- that they would explore a trade for someone like for Josh Hart specifically if the right deal presents itself. But I wouldn't be surprised if they just go into camp with something that looks almost like this Sans Eric Bledsoe. Uh, yeah, I, I think the Blazers are... I do not think the Blazers are like appreciably better overall talent wise than they were last season. In fact, I think they're worse overall talent wise than they, than they were heading into training camp last season, but the roster makes a little more sense. It makes a little more sense. They've gotten better wings and better, you know, they're four of their best players. Don't all play the same position. Uh, like, it looks a little, it looks smarter. Like the group looks smarter. Just adding Jeremy Grant and, uh, and, Gary Payton like makes the team make more sense. Having Justice Winslow makes the team make more sense. They could use another big, like really desperately. Um, I think if they wave Bledsoe or, or get rid of Bledsoe, adding another emergency minimum center would be really helpful because, you know, not only because Nurk only played 28 minutes, but like he's had some injury concerns. So then you're like, if, you know, say he misses four games, it's like just four games with Drew Eubanks as your only center on the roster seems like a little bit, I don't want to use malpractice, but it seems like 
Um, dicey. It seemed pretty dicey. Like I think they could use another center. Um, like I said, they could use more ball handling. That's more, mostly skill set. So maybe maybe uh, you get more out of you know maybe Jeremy Grant can can initiate some of that stuff. Um, you know he had some primary ball handling duties for a little bit in Detroit. Um, you know just higher usage guy and stuff like that. Maybe you can run more stuff through Nurk and run more stuff through Justice Winslow and kind of mitigate some of some of those ball handling concerns. But I but I think that's real and. I'll say this, if the Blazers are done, they're done for now. Like if they're, if they don't make any more moves, like if all they do is wave bled. So they, they could go into the season talking me into this being a playoff team. Two things. They'll have opportunities to trade an upgrade during the season and they will absolutely need to if they're really going to chase it. And, and two, I'm not 100% sure Shaden Sharp has playing time carved out for him. I know they mentioned at his, his, at his introductory press conference on draft night or on the, the, not his introductory press conference, but on draft night that they wanted to find room for him to play right away. I don't look at this roster and see an obvious way for him to play. Dame, Ant Hart, Jeremy Grant, Nurk, Nas and Justice Winslow, Gary Payton, are going to play. Trent Wofford probably has to play. And then you've got to play Shaden Sharp at the three. Like you got to play him because there's just a lot of minutes at guard spots between Dame Ant and Josh Hart. Uh, I'm not sure there's room for him to play right away, which personally I am fine with. I do not think you need to play teenage rookies. But if the Blazers think he's going to be this superstar, they might try to eventually carve out some space for him, which makes an eventual trade for Josh Hart a, a a tree and intriguing, like a good player who you could get value back for. Maybe that's the path is like trade heart, get a little bit bigger and have, have space for your youngster to play. Uh, I think that's the way it happens. Um, like I said, I, I think this is like, if they're done here, which I don't, I maybe it's not necessarily true. And it, obviously gonna be more important podcast. I think this is like a low level playoff team, a team that competes for, for one of the, one of the bottom playoff spots in the West, but they'll have opportunities to upgrade the roster, you know, throughout the season and then up to the trade deadline. And I think, uh, I think step one looks fine. Like I don't, I'm not outraged by this summer, but it's not like, um, yeah, I don't, I, I, I think it's fine to come away from this. Like, Hmm. Hmm. Okay, cool. Jeremy Grant seems like a good ad. Uh, GP's a fun ad, change up's a fun draft pick, and they just kind of brought everybody else back. I think it's okay to be a little underwhelmed by this, but also optimistic. I think both, I think you can be both of those things, and that's how I feel right here now. I'm a little underwhelmed by the move so far, but I'm optimistic that this group, this roster makes a little more sense and they can be better because of it. That's going to do it for the episode. Um, probably no more emergency pods this week, but uh, Monday we'll be back. Uh, there'll be a podcast waiting for you on your feed when you wake up on the morning of July 4th. Come back for that one. Tell your friends. Make your first listen every day. Appreciate you listening. Talk to you soon. Bye.